The Blokebusters Podcast is a proud member of the Pod Bros Network, where you can find us as well as other excellent podcasts such as Sarcasm City, Worst Millennials, and Late Night Gamers at podbros.com. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy another episode of the Blokebusters Podcast. Tonight's story is somewhat unique and calls for a different kind of introduction. Today we are canceling the apocalypse! Wait a minute, wait a minute, you ain't heard nothing yet. And uh, this is? Lilu Dallas Multipass. Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. Houston, we have a problem. Have you tried turning it off and on again? Gentlemen, you can't fight in here, this is the war room. Now, where was I? Welcome to another episode of Blokebusters. I am Paul. I am Pat. Yes, and here I brought him back yet again to talk about another comic book film, and this one is Deadpool 2, as you can probably tell from the title of this episode, because, yes, I put it in every single episode title. This <laughs> is episode 108, and yeah, obviously Brian is still away right now uh he, he's doing all right folks so just want to keep you guys updated he is doing okay so uh, thanks for all the well wishes and everything and very quick we'll just get into nuts and bolts for the film and then kind of dive right into it like normal uh first off if you want to reach us about anything that is said on this podcast Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Vero, just search Blokebusters, we are there. You can email us at theblokes at blokebusters.com or you can go to blokebusters.com or podbros.com and search Blokebusters on there. We have some very nice looking web presences there. So feel free to dive into all those when you get a spare five minutes or so. And yes, Deadpool 2. Obviously, we reviewed Deadpool when that came out, and I finally got to see Deadpool 2 when I went on holiday to England very recently, so that was fun. <laughs> actually went to see it with my dad. So, oh, really? <laughs> yeah, it was the last day that it was playing anywhere near us when I was over there, so I was like, you know what, we'll go see it. <laughs> and it's directed by David Leach, I believe I'm saying that right has a budget of 110 million obviously that's production budget and a box office so far of 727,879,019 dollars worldwide so it's done quite well for itself uh, for an R-rated comedy or action comedy to be said. yes yes I, you know what I should have done I should have double checked what Deadpool did because uh, obviously we reviewed it at seven hundred eighty-three point one million box office. Ooh, okay. So Deadpool one at the moment is beating it, but Deadpool one uh, got this thing here. Yeah, Deadpool one was in cinemas for one hundred and twenty-six days. So so far, this one has only been in cinemas for. Ooh, what is it, eight weeks now? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, it, sh- it might, it it might do it. To, yeah. Yeah, it might be it. Uh, we was... reached that weird trend of like movies uh, out-beating out their sequels. That's uh, Yeah, that should be expected, but that's so weird for me to think about, like especially for an R-rated comedy. Yeah, it's, it's one of those weird things where 
at this point, you never fully expect a sequel to do better than the original. And then sometimes it does. And that just seems to get people to push harder for, well, we can keep putting money into this thing. It's like, well, yeah, as long as you keep doing it well, we're fine with it. Well, I'm excited to see this just because it, it continues to prove that even I'm like, we'll get into it. But like, I, I'm a huge comic fan and it, characters like Deadpool give me hope for even weirder characters coming to the screen and be given a shot. Heck, in this movie, they can put in some of the weirder characters from comics. So uh, it's exciting for me as a comic fan to see, like, these odd, eccentric characters find a life that, like, no one thought could be done outside of the comics. So, you know, like, they told me growing up, you'll never see Wonder Woman. You'll never see Deadpool. You'll never see these certain characters. And, like, already I've gotten my Wonder Woman. i got Deadpool. And my even all-time favorite comic book character, X-23, made it to the screen. So I'm a very happy comic book guy. Like, <laughs> man, all my guys are coming. <laughs> yes, yes. X-23, a very – based on what little I know about X-23, a, a different – idea of x-23 but still well done it's different but it, it was verbatim the same character which i appreciate like it, yes they changed the origin just a bit but the same idea of this tragic child going through this childhood of being the clone and all that so for me it's just like i i grew uh, the reason i even like had a vested interest in getting into comics was because of x-23 because i grew up watching x-men evolution Ah. And she was introduced in that that show. She wasn't a comic book character. She was introduced in the show, and she grew such a following that they put her in the comics. So, like, since my introduction to comics, like, she's been that character that I followed because she was created around the time when I wasn't in the comics. And then when she came in the comics, that's when I came in the comics. So, I'll always have a soft spot for her. <laughs> cool. Well, X twenty three doesn't appear in this one, so. <laughs> no, no. But uh, they definitely make homage to it. <laughs> yes, yes, they do. Um, uh, all right, so yeah, before we really dive into this as well, just so everyone knows, obviously Ryan Reynolds was Deadpool in this. Josh Brolin was Cable. Marina Bakaran as Vanessa. And you had uh, was it Julian Dennison as Russell Collins, or Fire Fist, as he really wanted to be known. Zazie Beats. I'm hoping I said that right, as Domino. Uh, TJ Miller as Weasel. Brianna Hildebrand as Negasonic Teenage Warhead. And a few others as well, which we might get into, uh, obviously. And I'm Tons gonna... of guest appearances. Yes, lots of guest appearances. I'm going to butcher his last name, but uh, Stefan Kapiki was Colossus. So, uh, yeah, coming back from the previous film... And, uh, yeah, a different actor to the one that played Colossus in, I think, both appearances previously during the X trilogy. But, uh, Which is yeah. fine by me. He's like, I like this guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's doing all right. <laughs> <laughs> all right so yeah, why don't you give a little bit of a background of the comic book, since you're more familiar with it than sure. I am, and then we'll dive into the film. Uh, Deadpool, a.k.a. Wade Winston Wilson, uh, mm -hmm. was originally created. Uh, he was meant to be a exact copy of Deathstroke from DC Comics, which was like Deathstroke is like the best assassin ever created. 
in uh, in the DC world. So like uh, the creators at the time, Fabian Nassiza, I always screw up his name, Fabian Nassiza and his other creator, Rob Liefeld, um, created him to join the, the this New Mutants uh, back in the day. And he was never like a comedic character. He was always meant to be this straight, serious ser- uh, killer. Uh, but he grew such a following for his unique design, even though he was a blatant ripoff. Right. And so when he first started being created, uh, the, the original writers uh, started to write him uh, intentionally like, well, he's a copycat. Why don't we just start screwing around with his uh, like this idea that he just blatantly mocks people for copying stuff. So he didn't develop his personality right up until like 10 years into his run. When like the, the the publisher kept telling him, we're gonna cancel your book, we're gonna cancel your book. So, the writer at the time, I want to say it's Daniel Wade. Um, basically, he's like, screw it. If they're gonna cancel my book, why don't we just start screwing around with the audience? Like, hey, why don't he just straight up talk to you and stuff? Like, he didn't start <laughs> developing that personality until way later in the comics. Uh, ah. Just like messing with the audience. Like, hey, I know you're looking at me and. So like the the character that people know, if you go in really the early stuff, it's like that's not Deadpool. Like, yeah, he kind of he, he's evolved and he's only gotten more kookier as time got has gone on because they they really found a uh, genie in a bottle there with the whole him th- breaking the fourth wall all the time right. and people digging that. So this comic that was allegedly on the fence for being canceled was starting getting this huge bump in sales right when he started breaking the fourth wall all the time. <laughs> Yeah, I I just remember I I hadn't really read any of the Deadpool comics, but I heard someone telling me about one of their favorite storylines, which I don't remember if I brought it up in the first Deadpool review that we did, but it's about Blind Owl and <laughs> ju- and just how much Deadpool is willing to do to keep her close to him. And uh yes, He's an it, asshole about it. A complete and utter one, yes. <laughs> even in the the comic, like even in the movie, you saw a bit of that. But like he, he's almost abusive in the comics to a point to blind old Al. Man, you were like, jeez. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm not gonna go into it now, but I don't fully recall it, and I'd want to get it perfectly right. But uh, yeah, it, if anyone wants to look up the whole Deadpool blind Al comic book uh, relationship it is very interesting shall we say <laughs> that and Hydra Bob I wish Hydra Bob came back in this movie man I was kind of sad that he didn't come back yeah well I mean, maybe you were trying to find other work at this point maybe yeah. <laughs> true Hydra is gone I don't think Hydra is introduced uh, in this series not in this no I, I, I was kind of surprised that they didn't have a throwaway line Maybe like Deadpool just being, I wonder what Bob's up to. Like, but, yeah, because uh, they did like they just did blatantly put the Hellcarrier in like the final act of the the last movie. So that I didn't really. They put a ton of homages to a bunch of other movies, but I don't think they did any direct uh, to like superheroes. Uh, I don't think they didn't even do the superhero landing. Superhero landing. <laughs> oh, this hurts. <laughs> uh. So. Yes, uh, obviously that's uh, you gave the brief introduction to Deadpool in the comics there. So this film, Deadpool Two, because I could go way, way into it. Like he gets really, really odd because then you get into like his like the girlfriend being like 
she is a blue prostitute that can shapeshift and then Hydra Bob being his like go-to buddy and blind out how he kidnaps like so, like you could go way into his history like what the hell is going on <laughs> <laughs> well maybe they'll touch on some of it in the next one I don't know <laughs> I think really touched on this a lot of it so far in the movies I've been really shocked at like they're sticking fairly close to the like the the characters that we know in the comics, so I've been very surprised by that. Yeah, well, of course they were going to because you got Ryan Reynolds who is just basically is Deadpool at this point, and he's not going to let them do something that wouldn't be fairly true to the canon. I think. So. Yeah, but can we give credit to where credit's due for Ryan and like whoever he worked with to make this movie work? Because you know, coming off of Wolverine Origins to like redeem that horrible interpretation which we'll get to even later in this stuff but yeah i can you know salvage from where it was i think is a testament to a guy's commitment to saying this guy has potential we just have to tap him just the right way yeah he really knows the character and what the character would be like so yeah it he is just a perfect person to set this up yes <laughs> which that makes me happy like it, it's one thing to see, like, you know, the Marvel movies, like, these guys are passionate, but, like, I, I appreciate, like, how super passionate he's been. Like, I have to wear this stupid full-body getup of, like, a burnt body, but I'm having a blast doing it. Like, that's what I want to see in an actor. Like, he's portraying a character. He's not doing it for the accolades. He's just doing it because he looks like he's having a damn good time, and he does. Yes. Yes, he, he very <laughs> much does. <laughs> All right, so... What were your feelings going into this film then? Because obviously we talked about how sequels don't necessarily yeah. do as well. And the, you know, the first one really felt like just lightning in the bottle and was just so unique. So uh, I will say when I was going into it, uh, before deciding to go and see it, I was yeah. very, I was very like, yeah, I, I don't know, like I, I'm sure it'll be good but will it be as good is it gonna be up to what i would expect from deadpool now having seen the first one and one thing that kind of swayed it for me that was like okay i'll definitely go and see this when i was there was the fact that my dad had already seen it and he enjoyed it and was willing to see it again oh wow yeah and my dad is someone that doesn't really go to the cinema very often so the fact that he was like, yeah, like, yeah, I'll go see it again. It's like, okay, I, I think I'm, I'm more interested in this one now. <laughs> so what, what about uh, you? For me, like, uh, if it's a comic book movie, I'm bound to go see it. Like, this is how bad I am when it comes to comic book movies. I was in Florida. I don't have access to a car or anything. And I convinced my dad to let me drive his company vehicle to go see an Ant-Man and Wasp screening at like 10.30 Thursday night <laughs> when I landed to go see. So like I go see these movies regardless. But yeah. for me, like um, going into it, I was kind of expecting it to just kind of be diminishing return, uh, to be honest. Uh, I went in there thinking like, okay, we're going to rehash a lot of the old jokes. Yeah. Uh, we're not going to take any risks. Like I was expecting like, okay, Fox recognized they had something – really magical in a bottle and they weren't going to take any risk. <laughs> so I was really expecting another cookie cutter script. And I was very surprised after like go, going in thinking, 
all right, this is going to be, this is going to be one way. And then coming out, I'm like, that was not what I was expecting. Yeah. <laughs> and in a good way, I'll say that. Yeah. All right. So yes, this, this film opens in a, in a very, very nice and slow way with, uh, with the loving words of just fuck. Wolverine, <laughs> <laughs> with the the, the toys. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I loved all those little things. Like, oh my gosh, they still even in the like just the side gags. Like, they're not obl- blatantly like telling you a gag. They're just like, here's a gag. Just go with it. Yeah, so it was like uh, someone spent time and money putting together a little musical dead Logan. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah, I I, I like this already. And yeah, I I was wondering because when he was like, yeah, well, guess what? I'm dying in this one too. And I was like, oh. Are they going to have him right at the end dying? And I was like, no, it was what? I think you saw him die and then 20 minutes later he dies again. (laughs) (laughs) No, but I was, were you kind of surprised? Like, granted, it had like a bit of humor in the beginning. But it was like a very touching early scene right off the bat. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, was, I was not expecting that out of the series. Like, oh, wow. They're really going for this angle of like uh, he wants to be something more. Like, oh, they're going for like the feels right here. Yeah. Yeah. It was really, really interesting to see that this fucked up relationship like, not only survived, but is genuinely sort of overcoming the the more weird aspects and genuinely being just this fully fleshed out relationship where they are moving on like that. <laughs> so yeah, it, it was really cool to see that. And then obviously you have the, the relative shocker of Vanessa dying right at the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I didn't like think right that off the like, Oh <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I was actually genuinely upset when that happened. I was like, I really liked your character, and I was thinking I'm never going to see her again in this franchise. Leave yep. it right there. I don't go further. I'm like, oh, and then the movie <laughs> continued. <laughs> yep. Yes, it did. Um, and yes, for those of you that haven't figured this out, this will be a spoiler cast. So yes, uh, from here on out, expect there to be spoilers. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, I was really shocked that they like she still played a big part of the whole movie. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I was kind of interested because I know that in the comics, Deadpool and Death have a very interesting relationship and sometimes yeah, are romantically linked, sort of. As yeah. you, you mentioned, uh, like Thanos is very jealous of that. But yeah, I, I, when you were seeing him not die several times in the film and it was Vanessa that I was like is that actually Vanessa or is this are they going to end up saying that this is actually death like and it's uh, death is playing a trick on him but uh, we will never ever see the embodiment of death in the cinema you know I was talking about earlier how like I want to see certain characters translated over into the media yeah. Some characters, even I, as a comic book reader, go like, there, "There's no way in hell you can translate that." And the concept <laughs> of like of death, Mephisto, uh, eternity, like that, you can't make those into characters. There's just certain things you just have to go like, "We're gonna not 
touch that, there's there's no way we're touching it. Well, so. Okay, fair enough. Uh, I mean, maybe if the character was a much bigger part, I don't know. I uh, can't recall for the life of me how familiar you might be with the Discworld series, but they have in that there is an embodiment of death who is the one that actually goes and kind of collects you when you die. And uh, and he, and it is a he, it's a skeleton in a robe because that's what everyone thinks he looks like. So that's what he is. And he just does the job and does the job and does the job. And at one point he ends up getting bored. And so uh, when someone just about to die, he takes them and they're now his butler. And so that keeps going for a while and then he adopts someone and then he and then she ends up falling in love with his apprentice and then they have a daughter but then they end up dying so death has a granddaughter and it's like it's all of these really weird things and when they did the the tv version of them because they did several tv versions of the books but they made them as like two-part episodes and death is in every single one of them and he (laughs) is the full-on skeleton in a cloak with the deep booming voice like that's just how they did it so but if i want to see a skeleton in a tv show i'll just watch the grim adventures of bill and mandy <laughs> oh there you go <laughs> <laughs> call back to 90s cartoons kids <laughs> yes yeah, uh, uh with what little i've seen of that i do recall the the somewhat sassy skeleton the, the jamaican skeleton grim reaper <laughs> yes Yes, trying to steer this back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you gave me too much freedom. You gave me too much uh, freedom. <laughs> I know, I know. I need to bring you. Um, <laughs> so one thing that I I really enjoyed in this film, because in the previous film you had a few sort of cameos and stuff like that that they worked in. In this film, there were so many cameos that I think people missed a lot of them. <laughs> I was surprised when like I I caught like three of them, and then I went back and like people were like, and this surprise cameo and this, the I didn't even catch on like the two rednecks. Uh, mm-hmm. Was one one of them's Matt Damon? Yeah, and the other is Alan like, Tudyk. I'm like, what? I recognize <laughs> Alan Tudyk. I did not guess that I was Matt Damon there. I'm like, really? You got Matt Damon to do a guest appearance in this? Yeah, because like. Brad Pitt yeah. showed up in it. Like mm-hmm. Brad Pitt's cameo was the was super funny, though. Yes, I mean, Brad... <laughs> yeah. So okay, uh, we're gonna have to explain it because yeah. <laughs> this is so. Weird. So, so yeah, for those X-Force. of you, yes, in within the X Force, there is someone that uh, I think is a fantastic character, which <laughs> just the Vanisher, I believe it was, uh, and. It's just literally nobody. You can't see anyone. They're not even sure that he's actually there. And then when they're on the plane later, it is just a floating parachute backpack. And so it's just like, all right, uh, I'm going to assume there is someone there. Like, doesn't make a single sound. Girl, I've really played with it. Like, is he there? Like, I, is Diffle just like screwing with us? <laughs> Yeah, and yeah. then they're like, "No, no, we're not, we're not screwing with it. He's there." <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's there. Like, I, uh, the like one of many lines when they're in the plane, and it's just they're all going, "Like, Vanisher, I'm I'm sure you look great, 
probably. Am I the only person who is immeasurably sad that Terry Crews went out like so quickly in this movie? Yes, I mean Terry oh, Crews. No. I've I've recently started watching Brooklyn Nine Nine, and so on top of having seen Terry Crews do all of the Old Spice ads <laughs> and <laughs> some some of the other things he's done, like now I'm seeing him just doing this weird comedy acting, and it's like, yeah, I was expecting a lot from Terry Crews in this sort of a film. And to be fair, they took the very, very bold statement of spending all of this time putting together this X-Force of people and then just going, and they're dead. Yeah, I know. <laughs> they, they, I love it because like, it was much like uh, um, Infinity War. Like They put out these trailers and so you had these. I think that's what helped tempered my expectations was – um, that helped me to open up to the movie more as I was watching it because I really did walk away and really like loving the. Uh, I won't say I loved, but I really, really enjoyed the movie. Um, coming out of it was because like as soon as like I started realizing that they were deviating fully from the trailers, I go uh, then I have zero expectation. I have no idea where the story is going, so therefore like it opens my mind to all the possibilities. So then when the rest of the movie started outlaying, including that final act, I'm like. Oh man, this is just blowing my mind. I'm all in. I'm all in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, in in this one, I I remember seeing some of the trailers for it when they first came out, and then I started just going, you know what? I'm just gonna stop. I'm just gonna not bother trying to watch any more trailers for Deadpool two because I know that either it'll actually give away something that'll be kind of cool. Or it'll be something where they'll put something out that is just messing with people. Yes. So it's like, because <laughs> that's what they do. And Am I the only person that knows like this the, this round with their their trailers uh, or even like their their promotional material? It was severely lacking compared to the last movie. Like they did a ton of cross promotions, funny gags. I missed like the I love like when he did the Australian Day. He's like, oh shit. You guys wear this. <laughs> that was the best. Yeah, I was really the... hoping for more trailers like that. Yeah, it's only, I, I thought I was being attacked by deadly Australian bees. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I think that the reason that they did that with the first Deadpool was they were really, really trying to sell you on the fact that this is Deadpool as you know him. This is not the Deadpool from the X Men universe, cinematic <laughs> true, universe. True, true. They had to really, yeah, they had a lot of things going against them with this, uh, the first one. And I'm glad to see that they went when they went in with this one. Like there was already an eager audience. Like they they could take a lot more risks. So, like I said, this gives me hope for the future for franchises. Even now that like now that Disney's gonna buy out Fox, like. Um, <laughs> People are worried that like Disney's not going to do anything with Fox, but I would be shocked because Disney actually has uh, movie divisions where they actually put out R-rated movies. So I'm hopeful for the fact that they know like, okay, here's an a t- untapped well that we could tap into. We're just going to leave this alone. Well, I mean, look look what they've been doing with Marvel. Like they they inherited this stuff and they knew what to do with it and they've done it well. They've 
bought on other stuff and they've left it alone and they've just let it kind of go that you've got the the Netflix Marvel series and yeah. that that stuff phenomenal so I have no doubt that they're going to go you know what you keep doing what you're doing uh, you, you do your thing and we, we leave you alone yes <laughs> I mean it, it would in fact uh, apparently there was a joke that Ryan Reynolds wanted to put in specifically referencing Disney and they did just go you know what we're just we're going to leave it out just in case because <laughs> uh, I, I think it was when they were either starting to talk about it or when the, the news had really started coming out at that point and they were like, eh, do we, do we not? And so, Did you see the, his Twitter uh, post that he put out right when the deal first started going through months and months ago? When like uh, he basically set, set, up, set up a picture of Deadpool being arrested. It's like, I heard the news, so I decided to celebrate, but I guess they don't want anyone blowing the horn at Disney. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Wow, that was awesome. Like, hot <laughs> thing. Yeah, that, that was very quickly down as well. I, <laughs> I know. And I've heard, like, uh, as in, like, the comic book community, people are like, they just so desperately want to see, like, even that, like, photoshopped image of Deadpool with Cats America. So many people are desperate to see these characters interact. And, I'm, and I know that, like, he's too much of a of an oddity to uh, really mix in with the rest of the audience. Because I think Disney would be too afraid to mix like those two together for fear of um, scaring off their kids. <laughs> well, I mean, the 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 way to do it is I, I saw the thing online that I was like, oh, yes, that's absolutely perfect. I want that now, which is that you have Deadpool in the PG-13 film. And him being Deadpool, he knows he's in a PG thirteen film, and so, <laughs> and, so and so he's like he's biding his time. He knows that you get one fuck in it, like he, oh, and yeah. he's like he's saving it. He's like he knows when he wants to use it, he's gonna use it, and then Wolverine uses it, <laughs> and so he's just so incredibly annoyed. Like I, I think you do the same thing, but you you just have like I don't know. You have Loki use it instead of him. Oh, well, I would not. think this would be even funnier. Is like he's like because it's a PG thirteen movie. Like they they find convenient ways to censor, and so like every time he tries to drop a bomb, somehow like something convenient he goes. Are you telling me every time I curse, something weird is gonna happen? So he starts cursing, and all these odd like sound effects start coming out of nowhere. He's like, "What is happening?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I think that was really funny. <laughs> that. That could be interesting. Like I, I, I can see that happening. Like maybe, uh, maybe if he somehow ends up in Infinity War four, and Thanos <laughs> just uses a reality stone on him, like <laughs> just uh, change him or something. Like, I don't know. Um, but yeah, that could be cool. I, the second you started talking about that, I had a flashback to Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Oh, it's such a good movie. Where, where it's uh, Aubrey Plaza's cat was well, his sister, I think it is. And every time she swears, a black box appears in front of her mouth, and he just goes, "How are you doing that?" <laughs> oh, that's such a cult classic, man! I can't believe so many people don't like that movie. It's like, how can you not? It's so good. Yeah, my wife walked out of it. Ah, same my sister. I got I had her watch the trailer for it, and she genuinely got excited by it. And I sat her down and had her watch it, and she goes, "This is the dumbest thing I've ever seen." Like. What is wrong? Why can't people get this? 
Oh, we like we went to the cinema to see it. We were in Portsmouth in England, and we went to see it, and it was just as the um the girl X first turns up and threatens Scott in the alleyway. Mm-hmm. That's when she got up and walked out. Oh my goodness! Yeah, so so I followed her out, and I was like, like, yeah, she don't want to see what's it, and she said like. You're clearly enjoying it. Finish, finish it, and then come find me. Finish your madness. I will be over here. So I went back in. So I missed five minutes of the film the first time I saw it. So, so. oh, we probably should deviate back. <laughs> yes, yes, but uh, if if we well, if we're gonna like talk about Deadpool, like uh, you want to like list off like our favorite moments in the movie? Sure. Uh, I mean, I, I can tell you what was one of my favorite moments, just because it was so unexpected and i just thoroughly enjoyed that they did it and it was when they were they were pulling the joke from the first film again of the fact that the x mansion is completely empty (laughs) and you just you just see the door where literally everybody from first stand is standing behind it (laughs) there's like oh close the door And I loved it that they actually got all those actors. Like, they got them to show up just for that one little bit. I think that's phenomenal that they got those actors. Like, let's just acknowledge that this is a thing that they actively have tried to avoid him altogether and shut the door on him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it was just, it was fantastic that that they that they did that. Like, I, I was not expecting it at all. I thought they were just going to comment on the fact that you got oh we got one more X Men hooray! <laughs> but no, they just flat out pointed out that apparently everyone else is just trying to stay out of his way and completely yes. ignore him. <laughs> There's so much that whole um, when they're at the the psych ward, he's like, "I'm a superhero. <laughs> Don't worry, everybody. I've got this. I'm an X Men. <laughs> you're you're a trainee. I'm an X Men." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, it. I mean, it exactly how it would go if if Deadpool if ended up joining the X Men. I mean, it, like he would get on board with the fact that he is actually an X Man, and then he would completely just not be an X Man. I mean, it's just... totally just go overboard with it. Like, okay, you're done. You're 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 off the field. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, if I, um, you know what my favorite scene of the whole movie was. Was seeing um, the whole scene where uh, Domino uses her power. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that just, was just... so cool. <laughs> <laughs> just for me to see, like, you can't translate Domino's power on screen. That's just too weird, too odd. And then, lo and behold, they're like, "Screw you, we can do this." I'm like, okay, you can. <laughs> yeah, it's basically Final Destination, but for good. Yeah, like it was, yeah, and I, it again led to some great kind of yeah. You know, this I love that ri- banter where she's on the phone with him. He's like, "What do you mean your power? Your power's stupid. He can't do anything." And yeah, all it's not a power. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and just say like, "Yeah, okay, I'm gonna go on with you. I'm in." What? How are you in? <laughs> or when it, he's on the the on the car. And Cable starts shooting the crap out of him. You think, oh, I blocked all of them, and then he stops. He's like, okay, you got a few on me. 
and and again in the trailer they show that moment but they have a different line where it's just like yeah some of the bullets were really fast (laughs) (laughs) well you know what's really crazy to me is that like so in the first movie um colossus is meant to be like the uh straight man to deadpool's oddity and then they bring in josh brolin who let's just say he he nailed his cable role like cable was that's exactly how I imagine him in every single media I've ever like watched him in comics, TV. He's always meant to be this straight, non-funny character. He you do, he doesn't crack jokes. He's just a grumpy asshole. And they yeah. Josh Bullen nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it it was so so well done. I mean, he is just someone that is just like very everything is black and white and it's just he will do absolutely anything he can to fulfill his mission, which obviously in this one is to kill the person that killed his wife and daughter before he ever reaches that point in his life where he's able to do that. So, well, do you, so what do you know? What do you know about Cable, though? Uh, I know, if I'm remembering correctly, he is technically the son of Cyclops and somebody else? I yes. Think. Not Jean Grey. Jean Grey is a let... So his mom is Madeline Pryor, the clone of Jean Grey. Ah. <laughs> so, but he is the son of Cyclops and Madeline Pryor, who gets infected with the virus and gets sent into the future because it's the only way they can cure him. And then all he does now, even up to this day, is he comes back to the future. He's like, the future sucks. I'm going to save it. But I'm just going to chill on this couch tonight. (laughs) (laughs) He like does. I don't think he really does anything. He's just a badass dude now. Like he's super powerful. Like they don't really show a lot of his power because he's like a crazy powerful telepath. Hmm. And that part of his power is that, like, he's staving off him turning into metal with his uh, psychic powers, which they really didn't talk about. But that's, like, part of, like, his origin is that part of his, like, like he would be an insanely powerful human if he didn't have the techno-organic virus. Because, like, part of the virus is spreading through him because he's holding it off with his telepath powers. Uh-huh. But th- I think in this movie, they really just played it off that he's just this guy that's in fact like that has metal all over his body yeah I don't, well, I don't think they tapped into it did they uh no no they didn't mention that at all but uh uh i do know that josh brolin had mentioned he signed a four film deal with them and so really yeah so he sees this as being the introduction to him which is so, a good introduction man yeah it's a very good introduction <laughs> Since obviously he's now sticking around. <laughs> Which is crazy to think that he has two successful roles as Thanos, the, yeah. the, the universe killer. Spoilers, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> to, uh, to being like anti-hero. I don't know if he's anti-hero, but future X-Man, stoic man. Two iconic comic book character roles that he's just nailed. Yeah, uh, it's... It really is interesting, especially since assuming that the Disney Fox merging fully goes through, that 
there's no way Deadpool isn't going to keep mentioning the fact that Cable is Thanos. Like, there's just... Yeah. I it's hope gonna come up. <laughs> I do like that they, like, you don't... I don't look at those two characters and I don't think the same. I really see, like, his acting performance and bringing unique character takes to each one and the way they're playing it off. Yeah. Oh, I, I do want to ask you this. So, like, when he was joking in the beginning that this is a family film, were you kind of surprised that they really did try to stick to that? Like, it really... When I say family film, know that it's like in a mocking term. Like it really is like Deadpool creating his new family. Yeah, and he's, it was like this analysis of like what what do we constitute as family? You know, the the families that we're born into are the ones that we create around us. Yeah, and it it was it was kind of interesting because I. Obviously, before we saw the X Force being dispatched in spectacular yeah. <laughs> fashion, I was kind of thinking that the X Force would become like his family, as his sort of, you know, fuck you to the X Men. And uh, obviously, that wasn't the case. But uh, yeah, it was. It was fun to see. Oh well, that's all done. So maybe it really isn't a family thing. And then right at the end, they're like, "Look, see, told you." <laughs> yeah. Oh man, they, they did. Uh, they did a lot of stuff that like blew expectations. Sort of the fact that like we introduced the X Force and then we kill them off in the most horrific way possible. <laughs> yeah. And it, Terry uh, Crews threw a bus. One guy threw a wood chipper. Mm-hmm. Um, who, who was the the just the normal guy? He gets. Yeah, eaten alive by acid. Yeah, Peter. Because uh, I love Peter. Peter was the best. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that that was the thing. Like they they did so well at building it up subtly. Because I don't know if you paid any real attention, but the guy that plays Peter, when they announced that there was a guy called Peter that was going to be in the X Men in the X Force before the film came out, it turned out that. Peter's character had a Twitter account. Oh yeah, I know. So like, you get to an, you check out his tweets, and you come to find out that he like his wife's cheating. On him. Yeah, his wife <laughs> is very clearly life. cheating on him, <laughs> and he really loves bees. <laughs> and uh, so it was all this stuff where it was the people that really like Deadpool and really get into this stuff are able to see all this stuff and kind of feel close to the character, and then they just get rid of him. It's just like yeah. it, it's so well done, and then of, of course, right at the end, he he's the only one that he saves. He doesn't bother <laughs> saving anyone else. He just tells Peter to go away. <laughs> just go, leave. <laughs> but but just go. <laughs> All right, uh, just make sure no. Domino has my email. <laughs> <laughs> no, but we need to talk about the surprise cameo because that got me so freaking stoked that i was like i didn't see it coming i didn't see it telegraphed i was so shocked when they when he showed up as one of the villains i i assume at this point you're talking well there's two really i mean you know in the comics well there's one that you're you're more likely to to know about than me but uh, i assume you're talking about juggernaut juggernaut And Who's don't... It's Ryan Reynolds. Yes, he is, and uh, I was like, what? And luckily, this time he's not the Juggernaut bitch. He's just no. the Juggernaut. No. <laughs> <laughs> Goes to town on Colossus, man. That was a great fight. 
<laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> and, of course, you see right at the end, he's not dead. No, so... I was really, I was like, it was really funny the way they tried to kill him, which was a giant rod through his butt, <laughs> threw him into a water with electricity. I'm like, well, that's a funny way to go, but I really hope he isn't dead. And then when you see him start to crawl out of the water as they're all walking away, I'm like, thank goodness. I'm, it gives me hope for him to come back. Yeah, and it it was really cool to see because I, I only know bits and pieces about Juggernaut and how he's been portrayed and that he's the he's the character that basically once he starts moving it is almost impossible to get him to stop right like that that's kind well, of it's not so much getting him to stop yes that is the concept the concept of more is that when he it's not that his momentum it's the fact that like no one can just straight up take him on he is just so ridiculously powerful even the hulk has problems like fighting him off like right. he's just that powerful and what's even crazier, he doesn't have he doesn't have powers. Hmm. He's not a mutant. Hmm. He okay. literally gets his powers from a rock. <laughs> I, I, I see. wish I was I, so like he get I, what is his? I, I would have to look it up. But he doesn't strictly get his powers from. He gets his powers from an ancient demon that even Doctor Strange fears. Hmm. All right. So then. like I know so. He he's the embodiment of this avatar of like immeasurable power, so that's why like uh, the only way to ever take him out is to get that helmet off of him, because hmm. like that's that's like the key linchpin of the, every story. Get his helmet off. Get a telepath. He's down. Yeah. <laughs> and in fact, actually, like uh, if you know, for the, your Spider-Man fans out there, one of the most popular stories ever done for Spider-Man was the story when. Peter Parker tries to fight Juggernaut, and it's this entire issue where you see Spider-Man just get the living snot beat out of him by mm-hmm. Juggernaut repeatedly. And the thing that made the story endearing was that Peter's determination to not give up despite what was being done to him. Like he recognized he was not going to win, and he was very likely going to die. But he's like, I can't, I cannot stop. I'm a hero. I have to protect these people. Yeah, yeah. If, if. Him trying to stop him just saves one innocent life. It's all worth it. Yeah. So, <laughs> so that's one of the more endearing stories. So for me, it was just really cool to see. Uh, it, I was kind of like surprised that the kid convinced him to be his friend. Like, Juggernaut's not an idiot. Like, but all right, we're going to go with it. Okay, you fed me. Therefore, I'm going to go with you to <laughs> kill this racist uh, bigot dude who tortured you. Like, yeah, uh, I <laughs> yeah, I got the feeling that it's more that the juggernaut is a incredibly bored and b is just looking to fight someone. Like I, sure. I think he he's... fights. He, he has he generally gets bored and like I'm just gonna fight you because I can. Yeah, so I I think he's just kind of like, well, this kid is clearly going to get himself into a fight, so I'll get to fight too. Yay! <laughs> And did, did he did he have a collar on him? I'm trying to yeah, remember. I was like, because he has the collar on him, but does remember that they actually... deactivate all the collars? Well, yes, I don't know, but I was just trying to think. Like, does if he's not really a mutant, why would the collar work on him? Well, the, in the movies, I think they've tried to play him off as a mutant. 
Ah, yeah, probably. Yeah, like a he he's like uh, much in the same light. Like even Deadpool, like he's not a mutant. No, he, no, he's uh... he he was like in the comics. Like I get again, like this is where movies taking liberties. Like in the movie, he just has an inherent ability to uh, have uh, this healing factor. But in the comics, he's actually injected with like Wolverine cells. Right. As he's dying, and then that like he somehow grafts it into his system. So like he's just like a, a, a like Deadpool and Juggernaut are like just byproducts of the stories that they're in. So people just associate them with the X Men because they're so prominently part of them. Yeah, yeah, and it, it's kind of interesting because I know in the first film they talk about how the stuff that they go through is gonna sort of unlock their possible mutant potential, and it just turns out that. Wade's is just healing. Yeah. And have they, in the comics, have they ever done a comparison between Deadpool and Wolverine's healing abilities? Yes. <laughs> Many a time. And who uh, generally, whose is better? I know that, ooh, I know uh, that Wade's is always fighting the cancer on top of the healing him from any wounds and stuff. I think just because, like, I think the, the the clinical or the like the, the the display of what he can regenerate from was when uh, Wolverine was literally every single body part was decimated except his adamantium skeleton, and he regenerated from that. Hmm. But Deadpool's also like, uh, what's weird about Deadpool is like, if you cut off a part of him, that part can actually uh, fully regrow and form a whole nother him. Yeah. So like that was a line where like. He, there was an evil clone of Deadpool, but really it was his body parts that like had gotten caught enough and became a body of themselves. <laughs> so like that was a funny bit of the story. Like, hey, it's I'm fighting myself. <laughs> <laughs> well, and uh, that then leads to possibly the oddest thing I've seen in cinema in quite a long time, and that's saying something. And that would be when you had Deadpool with the little baby legs. Oh my god! <laughs> that was I was. It's the first time I've ever been super creeped out by a scene, but I couldn't <laughs> help but like laugh at how absurd the scene was and how serious and committed they were to it. Like I had to give them kudos. Like we, I couldn't even imagine writing that scene out and like t- selling it to the room. Like, all right, he's gonna be naked from the waist down. Wearing a Hawaiian shirt mm-hmm. <laughs> as he's having a stare down with Cable, and then we're gonna show his dick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, well, yes. While he has what that would be like three year old legs. Yeah. Like at that point, it's like oh, my. even when he gets up and starts walking towards him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That just. Just that entire scene was just so well done, and I, I wish I could have been on set that day just to see. I, I'll bet you every single person broke several times during that. I, I have to imagine that whole movie. Like, I was laughing consistently throughout that whole movie. Like every scene had something funny. That you just couldn't help but like have either you were enamored with like how like humorous it was or how heartfelt it was. This movie had a lot of character and depth to it for a movie that should not have a sequel should not have been this good. 
Yeah, and it, it had everything going against it, and they still knocked it out of the park. So, okay, I will say, as a... So, not every movie's perfect. Yeah. The thing I will knock against this movie is the kid. Yeah. Yeah, he's really a throwaway kid, and his inclusion in the story is forced at most. Yeah, his character was very annoying, really. I mean, it was... It's not the fault of the, the kid acting. Like, he, I think oh, he no. did a real job for, like, what he was... The role of, I think it really just the script. It's not the actor. I think the script was just... Uh, they, were, they were really trying to make this angle of he has to redeem this kid... And even that toward the end, I didn't buy it when he's like, "Oh, I, you know, you didn't kill him." Like, yeah, what? I'm, not, I'm not into this. Yeah. And the the way that I genuinely thought they would resolve it as well with the kid was obviously, if the kid kills someone, then he turns into the character that Cable was trying to stop. But mm-hmm. what if Deadpool had just shot the guy through the head? Yeah, like, yeah, the guy would have been dead. Uh, the kid wouldn't have had his revenge, and he would have probably felt a bit better. Like, <laughs> but whatever. There's many uh, a plot point that you could just put your finger on. Like, oh, if he only did this, like, yeah, if only. But like, that's part of the fun. Is like we were going on this journey of all these characters, and it was a good time. The yeah. one of them I know is not gonna come back for the sequel. <laughs> yes, at least one of them. Yeah, T.J. Miller's not coming back anytime soon. <laughs> Yeah, it, I mean, I'll be honest. I'm not. I'm not super saddened by no, that. He, I mean, his no, character's okay. okay. Yeah, yeah. He, he he's a good build off of his character, but I think like now they've they do. I think this is the perfect movie to introduce more foils to him. So I think his role will be faded out, and like if Domino continues to be a role, I think she'll be a great weasel to him. Like I think she played they did every character played off of each other very well. I love that part of the movie. Yeah, yeah, really. And it, I kind of hope that Peter actually ends up taking over the bar. Yeah, just because it would really piss off Dopinder. <laughs> Dopinder. <laughs> it's kind of funny how this like weird odd character like they really still gave him a lot of focus too. I'm like Dopinder, really Dopinder, but like you you couldn't help but like kind of. You kind of feel for that guy. He's like, I want to be an assassin. Like, oh, you're so cute. Now go mop the floor. <laughs> yes, uh, yes, my body is a weapon. It's like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> so, Dopender was... Man, I, there's so many things we could spend hours and hours on. Uh, but can we talk about the... the? I, wanted, I do want to touch on, like, before we touch on the end credit scenes, because I feel like it dramatically changes the, the interpretation of the movie. Yeah. I really, I really do dig how um, heartfelt that movie felt, like right at the end, where he could die, or like he was generally trying to die, which one yeah. that was really funny. Like that's that scene went on a little too long, but it was really funny. Like I'm dying now, now. <laughs> but him yeah. and uh, his girlfriend, those were like truly touching moments. Like I was really surprised how invested I was in like him actually dying and being reunited with her. And she telling him like our time will be eventual, you know. Yeah, like it, it, we'll we'll be together, just not right now. Yeah, yeah, and I, and I was really well, especially like yeah, I and I did. I really enjoyed how long it took him to die because, and it it was yeah. 
Like, it, it was almost kind of the most realistic thing in the film. It's like, yeah, he got shot. You you don't die within ten seconds of getting shot, unless you get shot in the head. Like it's just, it is going to be your body's going to shut down and all that stuff. Like you die from shock for the most part. Like it's yeah. So they they actually were incredibly realistic in that respect, and so it was like, yep, well, no, not dead yet. Uh, <laughs> not yet, not yet. Oh, I think it's it. Think it's it. Right. Oh. <laughs> I was thinking of like that Sanford and Son, uh, like, oh, I'm a coming, I'm a coming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, like I, I kind of got uh, flashes of uh, Monty Python and the Holy Grail, where it's just, like, he's not quite dead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's only more, mostly dead. <laughs> yes, it's like, he's getting better. Like, well, hang on. Uh, but yeah, let's do the end credit scenes and then we'll sort of do the wrap up because I know you had yeah. something else you wanted to mention. So yeah, the end credit scene. Yeah, the, <laughs> the Green Lantern one. That one was a great one. Yeah, so. It's a, <laughs> I'm surprised they got away with that. I'm not. That's blatantly, blatantly say, like uh, saying Green Lantern. Yeah, well, they, they in the first film as well, they took the piss out of the 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 CGI suit, yeah, from it, and so and they're not like yeah they kind of get away from any real legal troubles as well because they're making fun of Ryan Reynolds like it by de facto they're making fun of Green Lantern but specifically the joke is that he's killing Ryan yeah. Reynolds. <laughs> this is gonna be the career defining role. <laughs> Yes, I finally made it. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, the scene from Wolverine, uh, Wolverine Origins. That was <laughs> that, that was very well, well done. And I, uh, love, I really appreciate that this the entire time in this franchise is that they are not afraid and not abashed to like make fun of any of the current and old movies. Yeah, no, and he wouldn't be like it's just no. But the the fact that like a lot of this stuff like uh, it makes you wonder like if any studio executive actually is allowed to like look at this movie and edit this movie because I really hope that they don't because I think that's what the charm is that they're getting away with stuff because they're like just make it funny and make it good. We're not gonna try to rank or manage you. We're gonna let you do your thing. Yeah, yeah. It... It's so cool that they have as much freedom as they seem to have with this. And I, I've heard that there's going to be an extended cut released of this. Film. I have heard that too. I really want to see that. Yeah, I, I think it'll be something where maybe I'll actually get it on DVD or Blu-ray just so I can I can see that. Or maybe I'll borrow yours when you're done with it. Uh, <laughs> uh, I usually just buy mine all the time. I know you do. <laughs> Uh, but no, and then um, to focus back on our conversation. So the only last thing I would bring up would be that um, that whole factor that the he Deadpool made the entire movie redundant. <laughs> yes, he did. He did. Uh... <laughs> well... The entire movie we watched, he literally retconned out of not being necessary. <laughs> yeah, his, I... whole, his whole plot development of avenging, and then he's like, oh, "I got her back." Yeah, 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 she's fine. There you go. Everything's good. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'm not shocked in the slightest that 
that he ended up doing that. That the second it was like, oh, the time machine finished, and it's all fixed and all that. It was like, okay, like <laughs> he's gonna say Vanessa, because there's no way that they wouldn't, yeah, bring it's her so back. What did you say? We're gonna name my kid now. <laughs> oh, I'm totally naming our kid Cher. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought that was great. Yeah, I I do like that. Although the one thing that I I wonder about because clearly he he himself goes back and like kind of teleports himself back to that point in time. So are there two? Deadpool now? Are they going to play around with that at all? I'm surprised they didn't be, have a I joke think, I think that's the joy of the, any future movies that they do, if they are going to do any, is that they can just screw around and like no one's going to question it. Like They just said, just go with you're just going to have a good time. And yeah. I think that truly is. Definitely don't take your kids to this. This is not a kid movie. Any kid who's 13 and says, I can go see this. No. <laughs> yeah. No, this is don't. truly for, for the adults. And adult fun it is yeah i mean it is one of those things where one of my favorite stories that i heard about uh, like ratings and stuff like that comes from a film called the aristocrats which was created by pendulet and someone else's name i'm blanking on right now but they they made this film which is about the dirtiest joke ever told and it's told by comedian to comedians when they're like backstage in the green room. And this film has multiple tellings of this, including George Carlin. And so they they had they had a showing of it and this woman left after fifteen minutes and she had her two kids with her. <laughs> and she came out and said, like, this is not the Aristocats, because she thought it was the Aristocats. <laughs> <laughs> and it and the the funniest part about it, like Pendulet was just laughing when he told the story because he was just like, like five minutes in, when you've got George Carlin telling one of the most disgusting tellings of the joke, like that wasn't the point where you realise this isn't the Disney film about talking cats. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, I, I've never understood why so many people like the only thing I can think of is it must be that the parents really, really want to see the film and there's just no one to watch the kids. So they're like, come, come on, you got to come and see this. It's like, no, really don't I, do that. <laughs> I just, I, I have a hard time accepting parents who are like, yeah, I'm going to take my kid to this R-rated movie. Like, I don't get that. It's like, there's a certain, that, that just comes down to personal preference. Like, I just don't see why any parent would take a kid to a movie like this. Yeah, well, so well, parents would leave. Yeah. So. <laughs> and for... For those of you that uh, don't fully know this as well, and this will be the last thing before we kind of wrap up. This film obviously is an R in America, and that means that you can't see it if you're under 17 without an adult, right? That's basically what yeah. that means? Okay. Well, in the UK, this film is a 15. Really? Yeah, so if you're 15 oh. and older, you can see the film. If you're under 15, you cannot under any really given i know like i know like uh now this is a comparison between like cinema versus video games but i know like overseas like you know uh violence is one of those big hot button issues for you guys isn't it um certain types of violence are uh like violence where it's 
say for instance you can show someone being shot and that's like you know that's a film that like yeah whatever but if you were to show someone curb stomping like in american history x that it's an automatic 18 because that is like yeah. that's like visceral violence that's something that in hooligan culture in in the past in britain like people have genuinely done that to, like, in, in riots and stuff. so it's like yeah that type of like really hardcore violence that will get you the 18 that will get you the highest rating you can get but <clears throat> violence like deadpool yeah no that that it's comic book violence really <laughs> like it's, it, okay. it's just uh so comic yeah. book violence when the guy gets ripped in half well yes because C- could you go up to someone and rip them in half? They... True, but it was a very graphic depiction of it, it being ripped in half. It was, but it was like it's quite clearly CG. <laughs> you know, yeah, okay, all right. I'll, so I'll it, follow it, you on that. Yeah, it, it's one of those things where I I feel that the the rating system over here is just so at the whims of whoever's sitting on the board that day, mm-hmm. and it's it's just to, I I feel like there needs to be really really good guidelines that are down there because <laughs> it there aren't in america so no i mean if if anyone hasn't already please see the film this film is not yet rated because it is a fantastic <laughs> documentary about the uh was it the mpaa i think it is mm. and and uh yeah for those of you that don't know getting your film rated by the mpaa is entirely voluntary <laughs> the problem is if you don't have a rating most cinemas won't show it so yes yeah, it's, a, it's a lose-lose <laughs> there's never a win-win in any case <laughs> yeah alright so definitely need to wrap up so you yep. were considering giving some recommended reading yeah for this one so why don't you fire away with that then? Uh, there's quite a few uh, runs you can check into um Right now, if you're wanting to get in fresh start, uh, right now, Scotty Young is doing a brand new Deadpool run right now. It, literally, issue one just came out, so um, I'm a huge fan of Scotty Young. He's notorious for doing super funny, super dark stories, so and I think he's a perfect fit for Deadpool, so I'm excited for to check out that uh, that story. Um, if you're wanting to see something more recent, I would check out the Derry, Jerry Duggan run. Uh, literally his run I'll give you the highlights of his run over the past like five years Deadpool <laughs> fought the dead presidents found mm-hmm. out he had a kid uh, got to become best buddies with Wolverine and Captain America uh, killed, found out he killed his parents got married to a vampire and what else did he do and he became a, a, a leader of the Avengers hmm. and the world's most popular superhero and then by the end of the run, he became the world's most despised man. <laughs> so wow. those are just the highlights of that run. So those are <laughs> were really fun stories, really eccentric. So definitely recommend Jerry Duggan. Actually, the first uh, the first run of his like it's it's three arcs in the story. He did the the first arc with Brian Posen, uh, the comedian. So you'll see a lot of comedy in that first run. <laughs> And then yeah. if you're wanting to go way back, I would check out Daniel Daniel Way's run. You know, that's when you started to see a lot of the the, the, the typical Deadpool that we see nowadays. All right, cool. Yeah, I would kind of second everything you said, mostly because... 
It's because I don't know any better, but yeah, I uh, I actually have a copy of the Deadpool number one, the the recent one on my uh, on my phone right now. So I will uh, definitely check that oh, out. Is Guy Young? Uh, I believe so. Yeah, I actually oh, huh? I actually got it for free as part of a loot crate thing. So oh, cool. it was, uh, yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to to read that then. No, I, I love Scott Young. He's done a lot of uh, really funny stories, and he's got a really cool art style, so I've been excited to see what he does with the character. All right. Uh, well, in that case, I think we should probably let the good people go. Yeah, uh... we've held you all hostage long enough, so we appreciate you all listening to us uh, gab and geek out over our, our, equal, our, our, our fandom of this character, and we're glad to see the series continue. I look forward to see what Fox does in the future because, gosh dang, they need some wins. <laughs> yes, they do. Uh, I mean, we, we know pretty much definitively that Firefly is not going to be coming back in no, TV or film format at this point, so uh, they, they, they do need something else just <laughs> Maybe <laughs> something to win us over. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I mean, hopefully, if this Disney thing goes through with them at the helm, they are able to just leave it alone. Really, so yeah. we we shall see. Yeah, <laughs> we shall see. We'll see how much restraint they have. Yes. Uh, so uh, once again, uh, if any of you want to get a hold of us about anything that's been said. All the social medias, we're on there. You can email us at theblokes.blokebusters.com and try and get back to you as quickly as possible. So I think uh, that anything else you wanted to say right at the end here? Or are you good? No, no I'm good. Oh, good. All right. Uh, so with all that being said, I've been Paul. I've been Pat. And we'll see you later. In case I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Hang on a minute, lads. I've got a great idea. Uh... Louis, I think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go. Brian here with a quick lesson in theater etiquette. If you take your phone out during the movie, remember the screen is brighter than you are.